Oh my God. Hey, it's Anthony Lario. Hey, it's Morgan Lamada, and we're the hosts of the Shit Show Podcast. People must think that we know everything by now? Well, we don't have PhDs, but we are armchair experts on life shit. With the help of guests like Housewives' Margaret Josephs telling us about her affair being the talk of the town, and Hairspray's Nikki Blonsky shares how she went from being a Golden Globe nominee to working at Starbucks. And you guys are invited to talk about your shit and laugh with us as we flush it all out. You can find Shit Show wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes every Wednesday. The Shit Show <laughs> yeah, that was a shit show. Is this a starting? <laughs> go, go. Excuse me, stop go, staring go. at me and start freaking talking. Start talking. This is for the girls podcast. I am Nick Westrate. I'm Jason Black. This is a podcast about gay people and their love of divas. Yeah, we're just fanning out here. Um, We're talking about iconic works of our famous lady performers. And we're also talking to people whose whose lives were changed and completely altered by their divas. Yeah, we're just kind of exploring that cliche of queer people loving, you know, people like Barbara Streisand or Cher or Terry Garr or Joan Rivers, or Alfred Woodard. And we just like dive into that cliche and figure out where the truth is in it. Because there's truth in there. Absolutely. Who's this podcast for? This is a podcast for starving opera artists. This is a podcast for your favorite toddies. This is your podcast for all you queer coloraturas. This is a podcast for the ladies who put the chic in Chicago. This is a podcast for all you gender-bending Disney icons. Boom. Boom. Okay, here we go. Gender-bending diva icons. (laughs) (laughs) She did win the, um, she's like a certified Disney queen or something in the 90s. They like, they knighted her, bitch. The Disney Corporation (laughs) has knighted Dame Julie Andrews as an official Disney (laughs) queen. Queen. She also has a rose named after her, too, because she was a flower seller in My Fair Lady. So, boom. Oh, right. In the the stage play, not the musical, Bummer. Bummer City for me. What's Bummer City for you? That she didn't get to do the movie oh, of My yeah. Fair Lady. Yeah, but she did the voice, right? She still is. No, Marnie voice. Nixon did the voice. Oh, Marnie I always Nixon thought the rumor the was she voice. still did the vocals. Uh uh-uh, uh, that's Marnie Nixon. That's oh. the same vocalist who did West Side Story, too. Wow, our Natalie. Our, our Natalie sings like wood. <laughs> we, We're not diva negative like that on this podcast. No. We say positive about we our love, divas. We love what are we covering this week, Jay? Well, honey, we're covering, rewatching this is so bizarre to say, one of your childhood classics. My childhood Victor Victoria North Star, Victor Victoria, starring Dame Julie Andrews, who we oddly, we've only talked about her one time on the show. When was it? Do you remember? We talked about Julie Andrews. No. No, I just don't. I just don't. I can't think of anything okay. funny. Well, it was think... a long time ago. It was very early on now and in then. the podcast. 
What? Now and then. Now and then. No, I wish. Um, I don't know what the connection would be. No, it was with um, one of our fans, one of our battle angels wrote us a letter about Julie Andrews. He's a Julie Andrews super fan. I think he lives in Florida. And um, I hope he's still listening. Hi, if you are. We are covering motherfucking Victor Victoria, which oddly was one of my childhood. This is Nick's moldy VHS collection right here. I remember the box. Mm Mm-hmm. That your Iconic VHS box. came in. It was one of those big boxes that maybe didn't open up. Yeah, it opened up like a book. Yeah. So you uh, wouldn't slide out the VHS. You would open it like a book. It was a special. It was extra big. And I remember uh, being just enticed by the by the girth of what <laughs> held your childhood. One of your childhood favorite movies, Victoria Victoria. So... Uh, and I rem- I know, of course, and then I watched it at your house. That's how I know Victor mm-hmm. Victoria, but I have no memory of it. So rewatch oh, really? none, almost none. I mean, I remember <laughs> La Jazz Hop because that's the that's the number, like that's a hit we want to hear always. That is a hit. Everyone wants to hear it every minute. That's the 11 o'clock number. That's Julie Andrews' um, most shining moment in the film, but in I my think, opinion. But I think if I were to sing it, I would basically be like, and I like that jazz, and then start going into whatever Chicago song I mix it up with. Oh, you do like a, a medley? I do a medley, yeah. An unbeknownst to me medley trying to sing something from Victor <laughs> Victoria. So I had not rewatched it, but I decided to have my pod come up. And watch it with me. Rewatch oh, it with me. Cor- Introduce quarantine pod. my quarantine pod. My ladies to uh, we had pizza and a Victor mm. Victoria night, and we were mm. all genuinely marveling at how a child could keep watching this two-hour movie over and over again because it's kind. It's pretty adult, you know. It's, it's n- very adult. It's not like friggin' Ninja Turtles, mutant Ninja Turtles, teenagers. <laughs> x-men or anything over there you know so and there's large in my mind there was a musical number every like five minutes but that's not the case there's large swaths especially the beginning where it's very talky it's very talky for like the first 40 minutes so i'm just obsessed so tell me your memories how did this how did you just be like okay rewind again i mean i i got it at there was a a video store i don't know if you remember in south bend indiana yes Um, the old video the store. Video store. Yeah. What was it called? And that's, I forget what it was called, but I rented it there. My dad used to take me because he wanted me to watch more old movies. And that's kind of how I became obsessed with old movies. And I got it there. And then I don't know how I bought it or how I got that special used copy of it. I may have bought it there, but I don't remember. But somehow I just watched it over and over and over again. And I don't remember my parents being upset about that, which is weird because it is really, really gay. It's so gay. Rewatching it, I also thought it was it was like a lot of double entendres and like concealed gayness. But no, boom, boom, scene one. Boom. Boom, scene one. Boom, I was like, wait a minute. Right off the bat, you've got iconic Robert Preston like in bed with his lover who's leaving him. And they're having this very like bitchy adult kind of cat fight cab fare richard no i've got to pay some bills well, at least leave me enough for breakfast why toddy one would suspect you think i'm mercenary try unscrupulous you get your money's worth i'd say we both get my money's worth look toddy if you're not happy with the arrangement as a matter of record i'm not but to quote the immortal bard 
Love looks not with the eyes, but with the mind. Therefore is winged Cupid painted blind. And I just remember thinking like, oh, gay people. And I had this memory while watching it this time, which was Robert Preston is so charming and beautiful in this movie. And he's so kind and generous to Victoria Grant, played by Julie Andrews, that I was like, I I had this thing as a kid. I was like, oh, that's what older gay men are going to be like. They're all going to be this kind of kind and welcoming, and they're they're fairy grandpa grandpapas. Turns out not to be true. They're a bunch of lecherous old queens, but like <laughs> to spank your popo when you go into Julius oh. or something. <laughs> no, I mean, come on, we, we're all we're all a mixed bag, isn't that true? We're all not just one unified, no, kind of gay. But yeah, but wow, I loved all these gay people. I was obsessed with it. Yeah, he, you know, I was reading. I don't know if it was Roger Eber review of Victor Victoria and they, and I love the term they said surprisingly warm that this film is mm-hmm. like one of the, and I was like, yeah, that is a kind of shocking quality to this film is that it, that it kind of has the sweetness to it, you know? Well, it's directed by Blake Edwards, who was Julie Andrews husband and who made the Pink Panther movies. And he has this very simple clowning that happens in this movie. That's so funny. It's this kind of very gentle, farcical element to him. You know, he lots of like Lotsies with locked doors and uh, mistaken identities, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. lots of pe- like there's that iconic moment with the private eye mm-hmm. who comes into the bar and he says, I'm Charles Baudin, private investigator. Good. There is something I want you to find out for me at your service. Be careful, monsieur. I'm always careful. That stool is broken. It is? And then the bar stool drops underneath him. <laughs> it's like all this like one, two, three clownery that is very subtle and easy and kind of, and never mean, you know? I mean, some things don't hold up quite so well. Uh, possibly the peep and tomery of it all and trying to, fi- trying to figure out if <laughs> right. his love of it, if he's real true fagula or not. But I do love that he... He does the one, two, three of having Julie Andrews get out of the bath bathtub to get into the bed, having the guy come in with the, the bouncer, come in with snow, having Toddy get up and be like, the carpet's wet. But it could know, still like, be Julie Andrews. So pop, 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 pop. It was, and it was seamless and not, it's not forced in a certain way. Like it yeah. is clean and effortless. And even though like maybe, yeah, the peepery Tomery of it all is not so cute anymore. There is a lightness to it. There is. And it's it's still really funny. It still makes me laugh out loud. And it's so lush and beautiful, like this Parisian 1934 Paris. The colors are so rich. It's just such a beautifully constructed movie. Every shot is like a painting. But didn't it, didn't it though, come on, didn't it kind of look like 1983 Paris still at the same time? There is a yeah. lot of shit that I was like, and then one of my my quarantine girls, shout out, I always shout out Candy Paint, she's like, this the 30s? This shit is the 30s right here? When? Where? Did your girls like it? Did they, were they kind of aghast at the, the some of the politics did not age well. The trans politics have not aged well. Yeah, well, there definitely wasn't trans politics. I mean, there was a, there's a, a complete trans people back then, but uh, you know, there wasn't much politics for any queer trans people, even in the eighties. Um, well, nineteen eighty two, so, when this was made, is very like very early. Very early, we're just on the cusp of AIDS 
blowing up, which is something that kind of stayed with me for like, I was like, wow, this movie mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have been made two years later with like all no. the devastation that was being wrought onto the community. So I was like, wow, this just hit that bubble really quickly. Um, did we like that? Yeah. You know, the politics were shaggy and didn't maybe it didn't hold up, but it was a gas. Like we had, you know, we still had, we had a lot, we had a lot of laughs. And for some reason, one of our favorite things was Leslie Ann Warren and her the doorway saying, I'm horny. My favorite. My <gasps> you favorite. love that moment? I love I'm that moment. Horny. <laughs> I'm horny. <laughs> I was obsessed with her in this movie. Stop. Leslie Ann Warren. Stop. Everything. She was nominated for the Academy Award for this. I saw that and I really couldn't even see who won. Do you know who won? Because I'm, I'm my heart breaks. Oh, I, Jessica Lang for Tootsie. Which is not fair. Which is not fair. Jessica Lange should not have won an Oscar for Tootsie. I'm sorry. But Jessica Lange was. I'll get into the Oscars of this year with you right now. Because Jessica Lange is nominated both in lead and in supporting. She's nominated lead for Francis, supporting for Tootsie. She beat Terry Garr for Tootsie. Someone else, her co-star for Francis was also nominated. And Leslie Ann Warren for Victor Victoria. And I'm like, this is fucked up. This is not Christian. It's not and, Christian because this Leslie Ann Warren performance... I can't. Even, I can't even tell you. Like it was. So I totally forgot about that. And then when I was able to see it, I was like, "This is a revelation. This is my everything. I'm freaking obsessed. <laughs> freaking, freaking obsessed." Well, and then Leslie Ann Warren after this makes Clue two years later, which is one of my favorites, and then kind of disappears. I I just looked her film career up. Yeah, she's she kind of pops in and out. Um, she's in a movie in 2020 with Patrick Swayze, Arnold's son. So, oh, if you want, want Patrick Schwarzenegger, you mean Patrick Schwarzen- Swayze, Schwarzenegger? Shit, yeah. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. I was so, cut. I was so confused with that, but yeah. Leslie Ann Warren is everything in this movie. That number, Chicago, Illinois, will be in my head for the next month and a half. I just feel like that's lightning in the bottle. I think about Jennifer Tilly in um, Bullets Over Broadway as mm-hmm. like another thing where you where you just get to see this like very certain kind of dame explode mm-hmm. into this character, and all and every line is a gem and hilarious, and every uh, every eye movement and. It's... Well, yes, the eye movement. Her first, like the first thing she does is she at him. plays. Yes, yep. that look yep. was everything Thank to you. me. She so she is playing the mall. If you haven't seen this movie of James Garner, who is this uh, gangster from Chicago, and they come into the nightclub where Julie Andrews is is pretending is a man. Okay, if we haven't told you guys anything, so in this movie. Julie Andrews plays a down on her luck opera singer named Victoria Grant, who down on her luck literally she cannot walk. She's so starving. She can't walk. She's so hungry. So hungry. We kept saying that in my pod. She's hungry. She's really hungry. But also to see, oh my gosh, we are jumping around so much. To see Julie Andrews play this woman who's starving so much that she is about to sell herself sexually for a meatball, like that was Queen Julie. Spaghetti. Yes, with meatballs. I'll sleep with you for a meatball. You what? It's so dark, and yet still somehow kind of funny. That scene. 
Yeah, they quickly kind of swipe it aside for some hijinks. But I was like, yes. damn, okay, I really don't remember Victor Victoria. I didn't I did not uh think it was going to go there. And thank God that's kind of like the worst part of the whole of the Yeah, Vegas. that's about as dark yeah. as it gets. But she meets this gay guy named Toddy who comes up with this idea that she should pretend to be a man who is a female impersonator. This afternoon, Andre Cassell is going to meet Europe's greatest female impersonator. Andre Cassell is the biggest agent in Paris. If I'm the greatest, why hasn't he heard of me? You're the greatest, but you're unknown, except in Poland. Poland? You're Count Krasinski, Polish aristocrat. And you speak very little English. Your family disowned you when they discovered you were gay. Oh, now wait a minute. We met in Warsaw, fell in love, and I brought you to Paris. I hold it. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's right? A woman pretending to be a man, pretending to be a woman? Ridiculous. It, it's preposterous. In fact, it's so preposterous, no one would ever believe it. And yet you expect them to believe Count, what's his name? Grzynski. Grzynski, a gay, Polish, female impersonator. Darling, all anyone has to believe is that you're a man. <laughs> to convince an audience that an illusion is real, the magician creates a plausible diversion. Count Grzynski is our plausible diversion. Toddy, no audience is that gullible. They'll know he's a phony. Right. Well? They'll know he's a phony. Well, because Toddy, Toddy is also a lounge singer who's down on his luck, right? Yes. He's another. He's just lost his job as a lounge singer. So they come up with this idea. Anyway, getting back to the Leslie Ann Warren of it all, one when Julie does the big number, her first big number at the club, it's called Le Jazz Hot. And she and James Garner sit down. And when Julie Andrews starts singing, James Garner is his like eyes light up with attraction. And Leslie Ann Warren clocks that. And it is so funny. It's so funny, her clock. So she so she clocks it. And from James Garner's point of view, it's just a woman. Ladies and gentlemen, the nightclub is proud to present the one and only Victoria. Twenty years ago, way down in New Orleans, a group of fellas found a new kind of music, and they decided to call it jazz. No other sound has what this music has. Before they knew it, it was whizzing round the world. The world was ready for a blue kind of music. And now they play it from Steamboat Springs to La Paz. He thinks it's just a right. woman singing, and he's really into the La Jazz Hot of it all. And and this number is so the best, fucking beautiful. It's the best. Oh baby, won't you play me the jazz hot, maybe, and don't ever let it end. I tell your friend, it's really something to hear. I can't sit still when there's that rhythm near me. 
dress kind of hanging down like hair she's in this low cut i don't know what would you call it like a diamond poncho <laughs> diamond nick on qvc so this is my diamond poncho it's inspired inspired by victor victoria you can wear it to make popcorn you can you can wear it but but feel a little jazz hot while you do it a little jazz hot when that movie butter saw popcorn goes pop 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 yeah it's it's like um it's kind of like a 19 flapper dress on it's almost like a like a beaded Mm -hmm. flapper flapper dress that she's wearing very it's it's like showgirls adjacent and anyway so we're watching it from james's point of view james garner's point of view and he's entranced by her because he thinks she's a woman and she's a winner is at the end she goes out to do her bows and she takes off the headdress and she <laughs> this is the kind of part that maybe doesn't hold up quite quite well but she just has like short hair and that supposedly represents her manness beans. yeah her oop. so she reveals so she reveals she's a man she has short hair and it's leslie freaking warren that sells it back at us and she just gets uh-huh. up and she is pumped it's a guy She's giving the best ovation ever. It's a delicious, delicious moment. Oh my God, she's amazing. She's giving me like, um, you know, she's giving me Bernadette Peters. Like she's giving me, Mm, like I said, bullets over Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's giving really va-va-voom, but like psychotic. Like she's purely psychotic and... Oh, everything, everything. I wish she had an Oscar for this. I wish she could have gone on to have, like, I'm so glad she was uh, Miss Scarlet. Miss Scarlet in? Miss Scarlet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss Scarlet in Clue, because that's also delicious, but yeah. It's, again, one of those things, like with all the Joan Cusack nominations, that people just don't 
award comedy in the same way, which is so crazy. I kept thinking, because Julie Andrews lost her Oscar for this to Meryl Streep for Sophie's Choice. Mm -hmm. And we love Meryl Streep and Sophie's Choice, Mm -hmm. and we're not pitting divas against divas. But what Julie does in this movie is so extraordinary, I think. And it's really the apex of her career. And let's just talk about La Jazz Hot while we're here, right? Mm -hmm. The choreography is so beautiful. It's very fossy. And she's so... Julie Andrews is a non-subversive presence. She's this wholesome presence. And I almost think no one else could have made this film because it is so queer. It is so much about transness. It's so much about like gender bending. It's a threatening topic for 1982. And Julie Andrews is the least threatening package to put it in. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, the, the, you know, the love that dare not speak its name. It's crazy that this was a passion project for her. This was in the works since 1978. They were looking mm-hmm. at trying to adapt. Oh, I don't know what they were. This was a, a, a 1933 film. Is that right? Yes. It's a German film. A German film. On. Even that alone kind of blows my mind that, that this was the thing that Julie Andrews wants, wanted to kind of carry. Yeah. She wanted, I, it's interesting because as our divas get older, we know like their lower registers fill out. And this project, the character forces her to lower her voice, you know? And so Julie gets to explore all of these lower tones, these kind of rich, um, and a a lot of material. uh, This Henry Mancini score is different music than we're used to having for uh, for her, you know? Mm -hmm. And this song especially. Girl, do you know how old she was during this? (laughs) 47. Y'all just, y'all gotta just see even a trailer because... Or just watch Look Just Hot. It's insane to think that she was like close to 50. And then honestly, and we'll talk about this. She does, she, um, she gets this on Broadway in 95. And I, so I was like, well, she's 60 now. And I was like, I wonder, I wonder how she's able to huff it and La Jazz Hot perfectly. Looking divine. The answer is perfectly. Perfectly. And it's super live choreoed with so many background dancers, front round dancers, everything going on. And she is just kicking, kicking up a gorgeous storm. Yeah, I, this is the thing I remember watching with you and being utterly thrilled (laughs) in my eight eight year old heart (laughs) to like see something like this. And after she's like done this whole baritone, like sexy, sexy number to end the end of it, the end of it all is this enormous kind of run of a note all the way up to the top. And Julie Andrews has With, a, four, a four octave range, right? Is that right? And she fucking shows it off on this. Yes, she does. So come on in and play me let jazz hot, baby, And then to end with that iconic whisper, I just, it was, it would just, I would rewind it again. Oh, 
One of one of Victor Victoria's secret powers is she can break glass with her oct with her high octave. Yes, she can just or or stop a mob scene when it's in mid mid fight. Let me ask you this. Um, so watching my dress hot, how was it? How, what I told you, I watched it with the pod and we had some pizza and it was a real Saturday night movie night with the girls. What was, how'd you watch it, babe? How was this? I, how just, long watched, ago? I just watched it at home by myself. Yeah? But I watched it. I watched it with my Bose, my really good headphones on. So I have all the really good um, sound. It's, oh. have you ever watched a movie with those on? I've never, I've never done something like that. No. They're really great because you can really hear the like I when we did the hours I watched the hours with the bows on and you can hear every little like uh, scratch of the pen to the paper. It's so specific you can really hear it in stereo the way it was intended by the sound and this the sound in this is so lush. Did so when was the last time you had rewatched it? Do you remember? I hadn't seen it for I don't know fifteen years. Wow! So did think were things coming back to you? Were you like this touches mm-hmm. something in my memory or my? Res- I remember having a certain visceral response to this like strange well, moment. Like I, well, like I told you, I was very touched by Robert Preston and this kind of like young gayness mm-hmm. like in me, and knowing that like gay people are this kind of this movie was one of the first examples of me realizing gay people are good. And we're the good guys, you know, and there's, and I was kind of shocked by James Garner's character allowing himself to be seen as gay because he loved Julie Andrews so much. And he didn't want to blow up her spot, you know, even to the point where the mob guys might kill him. And in the movie, you find his bodyguard comes out to him as gay. And there's just this kind of embracingness from the top with uh, this great song called Gay Parade, where Robert Preston has all these amazing puns, you know, the difference between gay parade and gay Paris, you know. Mm-hmm. When people speak of gay Paris, they think that when they say Paris is gay, they mean that gay Paris is gay. It is. Not in the way Paris was gay in yesterday Paris. It means today that gay Pally is gay. Not that gay. They say Pally has always been that way. Along the banks of the Seine, just take a walk now and then. You'll meet some interesting men. Gay Pally, along the Rue Madeleine, each evening round about ten, you'll see it time and time again. Gay Pally, if you've a soirée to spare, go to the Folie Bergère. You'll see such gaiety there. C'est la vie. Around the Rue des Beaux-Arts, where all the cabaret shows are. I mean, well, really, those are, you'll agree, what they mean when they say gay, Paris. Oh, it's so great. It's, yeah, that's his, that's his, that's his uh, nightclub song. And Robert, uh, uh, sorry, who's actor's name? Robert Preston. Robert Preston uh, wasn't even quite known as a singer when he was cast in this role, when he was cast in this musical well, role. 
I mean, he had done The Music Man. Yes, that's one of his famous things. That's one mm-hmm. of his most famous. I guess he's a very, he was a very private person. I read, I read on his own Wikipedia. He gave very few interviews mm. about his um, his personal life. But yeah, growing up in the nineties, not only was was the AIDS epidemic just ravishing this community that us, our little boys' hearts wanted to join, there was also people like my grandparents and the community around us that were like, not only do they have AIDS, but they're also just like drug addicts and, um, mm-hmm. you know, perverts. Like it's, mm-hmm. and, and this AIDS is just the, is, is just a causation of their deviance. And that really obviously seeped in there and seeped into self-hate. And so I think seeing this just subliminally was like, oh, wow. Like not everyone thinks that tough, right. the heavy can, can all, you know, there's all different kinds of gays in this film. Like you said, the bodyguard, the heavy. Exactly. When did you know about, uh... when did I know I was gay? Yeah. God, I can't remember when I wasn't. I know you for 15 years. Well, you know a lot of guys, boss. You'd be surprised. You're an all-American. I never saw a meaner, rougher, tougher son of a bitch football player in all my life. Listen, if you didn't want the guys to call you queer, you became a rough, tough son of a bitch and football player. And she's so... I mean, to have Julie Andrews embrace the gay community like this... So cool. It's like... Because she's she's Mary Poppins. She's fucking Maria Von Trapp. She was everything that we were told as kids was wholesome and good. She was goodness, you know? Mm-hmm. And oh, also gay bitchery. There are so many good, like, bitchy, witty jokes. And I was like, oh, gay people are so much fun, you know? Don't come back! If you ever set foot in this place again, I will have you thrown out! Don't make it sound like such a threat. Being thrown out of this place is significantly better than being thrown out of a leper colony. Yeah, like in that scene that we were talking about where they're, uh, the bodyguard uh, is, is like stuck in the hotel trying to spy on her. And, and uh, Toddy is like, keeps being like, the window's open to this and that. And Julia Andrews just goes, bitch, bitch, bitch. And she's, <laughs> and she's crawling into bed. I was like, oh my God, this is so fun. And like, um, what, right before that scene, uh, they kiss on the lips. I love you. I love you too, sir. <laughs> I know. It's just so It's beautiful. Oh, and sweet. the great line, the great line where they're talking about the mob. The mob doesn't consider homosexuality an acceptable lifestyle. Kill him, but mustn't kiss him. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, there's all these different things. Like Julie Andrews was one of one woman like gay uh p flag parade with this movie you know yeah and the kind of you know it's a it's a kind of the double identities and the kind of constant crossings like everyone kind of has crushes on each other mm-hmm. you know like toddy has a crush on james garner james garner what's james garner's name in the film oh king king king, king marshall isn't that hot so hot. And then Julie Andrews becomes court, um, Count Victor. I lo- I know, these names are so fun. I mean, there are. this movie is also madcap. There are three madcap. massive brawls that break out. And everyone's always kind, constantly being thrown into the paddy wagon. Yeah, it's and it's almost like, it almost like it just doesn't matter. Like, they're kind of setting up that this is the way of the, the, this is the way of the land. Like, a brawl will just happen and then you just go back. You like go to the, you go get a steam and then you go back to mm. like the next, the next. Oh. Oh, fuck. The next life, but yeah, like even um even Leslie and Warren, 
has a crush on Toddy for a second. Yeah, and she, and she, she, oh, this conversation is so great. You really are queer? <laughs> we prefer gay. So attractive. <laughs> well, I just think it's a terrible waste. <laughs> you know what I think? What? I think that the right woman could reform you. You know, I think the right woman could reform you, too. Oh! <laughs> Me give up men? Forget it. You took the words right out of my mouth. Oh. Norma? <laughs> This whole like disarming of um, homophobia that Toddy does in two seconds with the grace and charm and wit, it just gave me that kind of, it reminded me that it was okay and that it was going to be fun. And then there, I mean, this whole movie is a community of people embracing these people. King Marchant, who you think is going to be very judgmental, isn't at all. In fact, you know, when they have, when Julie Andrews has that conversation, multiple conversations with him, he's kind of upset that he could be pigeoned as, uh, as that kind of stereotypical machismo guy. You know, even, it, mm-hmm. and oh gosh, that, oh my gosh, of course, of course, the iconic line conversation where he's trying to get her to uh, drop it, to drop Victor. Oh yeah. Well, this Come whole on. gender conversation is incredible. Yeah. It's like, yeah. if we want to talk about maybe the trans politics are behind this conversation about what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman in society is so beautiful. A woman in love with a man. Pretending to be a man. I said you can stop pretending. But you see, I don't think I want to. I'm a big star now. I'm a success. Oh, that. And something more. I find it all really fascinating. I mean, there are things available to me as a man that I could never have as a woman. I'm emancipated. Emancipated? I'm my own man, so to speak. You should be able to relate to that. Now, to be honest with you, right now I'm having a little trouble relating to anything. Look, if we're to have any kind of future together, it's important that you understand. I ain't too smart, but I've been trying to wrap my head around how Victoria's talents can't be seen as talents unless it's a man impersonating that talent. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not special yeah. unless it's a man who can claim to do it. And then she just pops it right in there. Pops it right in mm-hmm. there to be like, being a man has been the most freeing possible option for me. She's become emancipated. I mean, oh, I love that. I feel emancipated. Ugh. When he says, you could stop your job, she's like, well, why don't you? And he's like, I can't. That doesn't make any sense. Well, you think it would be fair for me to ask you to give up your job? It would be ridiculous. But you expect me to give up mine. There's a difference, for Christ's sake. Right, but there shouldn't be. Well, look, I'm not the one pretending to be someone else. Let's just put the shoe on the other foot. Let's say that you're a man and I'm a woman pretending to be a man. Well, I think it would depend a whole lot on why you were pretending. Oh, come on now, Victoria. You said it's important that I understand. It's important that you understand, too. Certainly. Love is a two-way street. Why did I say that? (sighs) I don't know, but what's your point? Well, you you said if we were going to have any kind of future. Well, what do you mean by future? We live together? Possibly. Sleep together? Hopefully. While you keep on working? Yes. Pretending to be a man? 
If I didn't, I wouldn't have a job. And uh, while we're living and sleeping together, what's everybody going to think? I guess they're going to think that you're living and sleeping with a man. How do you feel about that? Well, they're going to think the same thing about me. But you're a woman. Yeah, but they don't know that. You do. And you know you're a man. I don't see the difference. We'll be living a damn lie. The other gender thing that that continues with is so they continue to have this relationship. James Garner figures out that Victor is actually a woman and they have this relationship behind the scenes without him blowing up her spot. And they continue this gender idea by showing us these two beautifully shot scenes. Oh my gosh. One with James Garner and, and Julie Andrews at a boxing match. And literally like blood sprays on Julie Andrews' face from the boxing ring. And she's horrified and he's having a great time. And then this scene at the opera where she's watching this opera and bawling, bawling her, like genuinely so moved. And he is completely baffled. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to talk about the dance sequence where they're oh, dancing I at the nightclub, that. and it's a close-up mm-hmm. shot. Actually, this to me, I feel like this had to have stuck. This had to have stuck with me as a child because this was wild to me. But yeah, they, they do a fo- uh, close-up shot of uh, Victor uh, when Julie Andrews is mm-hmm. dressed up as a Victor and King Marchand. And they're dancing, and they're all in tuxes, and they slowly start panning away, and you can see it's a crowded room, and it's actually all men in tuxedos also dancing together and yeah. that's kind of just like very interesting way the only way that they can show that they can safely dance with each other and be romantic with each other was at yeah. this like kind of underground gay nightclub and that definitely shook at me and it's so beautiful mm. and then it really upsets james garner like that's a step too far for him and then when she's in the car with the bodyguard on the way back to the hotel and she says I just wanted to go dancing. It's so beautiful and sad. And yeah, and shows the limitations that she has on that you know that that she can possess. I mean, like I said, she was literally starving at the beginning of this film. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I was thinking, like, wow, this is really life. This is they're truly painting this as life and death for her. She had nothing. She had nothing. She wasn't by the time we meet her, she wasn't even going to have a roof over her head without this chance. I was I was so in love with the cockroach scene at the restaurant growing up. I just thought it was amazing. This, this, I know. This Nick, Nick being like, "Oh, you guys got to come in here, son of a bitch! This is this is some this is some comic gold." It is. It is. No, it is, honey. Me too. I'm just. I'm just a gay boy too. That's like, oh my god. So when Victoria, when Victoria is really, really down and out. She finds this cockroach in her hotel room and she goes to a restaurant and orders everything on the menu and the most expensive wine. It's delicious. You want a salad? Later. Later. Chicken was so good, I thought I might try the pork. Mm-hmm. Does it take long? About uh, half an hour. What about the birth bourguignon? That's ready. I'll have that and I'll have the salad afterwards. Mm-hmm. You realize, of course, you're entitled to two salads. Could you put them both on one plate? That's possible. And she's eating. And this is when she meets Robert Preston. And he comes over to talk to her. And she invites him to have dinner with her. And she tells him this plan. If all goes well, I expect to leave here poor, but sated. I have a bug in my purse. At the appropriate moment, it goes in my salad. It'll never work. A 
bug in my salad? In a place like this, it would be an event if there wasn't a bug in your salad. What about a cockroach? A cockroach? Bigger than your thumb. Oh, God. And it was just such, it was so amazing to me, this whole, and one of the first brawls of the movie ensues because of it. And it's hilarious. Also, I just love in it, like the the waiter has already caught her number and knows she's going to be doing this. The bourguignon was just a little tough. Maybe the way you're eating your jaws are getting tired. And so the maitre d' comes over and he's like, And as a manager of this restaurant, I hope madame accepts my apology for any inconvenience she may have been caught. Thank you, madame does. Now, uh, that is what I have done about it. What are you going to do about it? I? There is still the matter of your check. My check? Uh, uh, There's no cockroach in your salad. No, no, I invited this man to have dinner with me. Oh, I see. Am I to gather, madame, that since this gentleman is your guest, you don't feel that you should pay for his dinner either? Well, I would say that under the circumstances, that's the only logical conclusion available. Yes. I will tell you what I consider to be the only uh, logical conclusion available. Either you or madame will pay the (laughs) entire... But then a cock, the, the cockroach climbs up a woman's leg and they're able to like escape in the brawl. Actually, Julie Andrews, this is not the first, this is the first of two brawls that she escapes in yeah. is, and also participates in. That's the other great thing. Like Toddy's like kind of bitchy, mean ex-lover comes over to collect some stuff from the apartment. And Julie Andrews cannot take how mean he's being to Toddy. And she punches Don't him Don't use the F word. Do not use the F gay word in front of Julie Andrews because she will punch you in the face. Oh, I just used it. Maybe you'll edit. Bleep it. Bleep it. Bleep me using it. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, bleep me using it. Sorry, Julie Andrews. <laughs> I don't owe you a thing. You pathetic old queer. Oh, you bastard. Get up! It's different times. It's different times. We've reclaimed yeah, we're, it. We're re- We've reclaimed we're it. We're reclaiming it. Another one of my favorite songs, Just to Bop Around, is You and Me. Before the, like, fifth brawl. I found this very interesting. Because they literally say, you and me are people. Are, are, you and me are people that other people want to be. These, mm-hmm. so, you know, in this nightclub, how they're being billed, I don't know if we've we clearly stated this, Toddy is saying that that they're partners with Victor. And Toddy mm-hmm. is kind of showing, you know, kind of being Victor's like husbandger, essentially. And and so that's what that's kind of how they're being presented in the public. So the public knows this. And the fact that what they're I don't know, I found that kind of a revelation. The fact that they're getting yeah. up there and bragging about like basically doing this like duet of lovers yeah. that are like, wow, we're so great. Everyone wants this. I was like, That's... everyone wants to be us. You and me. We're the kind of people other people would like to be. Wandering free. We present the kind of picture people are glad to see. Something I wanted to do all my life. And we don't care that tomorrow comes with no guarantee. We need each other for company. 
You and me will stay together, me harmony, year after year. Won't we, my dear? We'll always be you and walk this way. Taught him everything he knows. That's why he has so little left. Oh, I'll get you for that. And me? One for free, you know? It's also an iconic soft shoe number where Blake Edwards doesn't show you their feet. Hmm. Which is kind of an ironic, funny element of it because you kind of are looking over the shot as you're looking over people's shoulders Mm -hmm. to see them and you never see their feet. It's amazing and kind of ironic, you know? It's like another sleight of hand part of it. But I also thought that this is like, I really felt like this was my song with you for this year. Because this is literally the only thing I do that brings me any creativity or joy. (laughs) (laughs) Who's who? Who's who? Who's who? Who's who? Um, I'm definitely Victoria Grant. How dare you? This is my movie. I'm like 20 years younger than you, though, sweetie. That would be so (laughs) funky. Like, okay, okay, fine. I'm Dottie. I can't play the piano. You at least can tickle the ivories a little bit. I'm making all of these that. weird excuses. I'll be Toddy. I'm in. I'm. I'm down. I. I, I can prance. I actually think Toddy. Robert Preston is oddly sexy in this. Oh, movie. you do. Also, yeah. a very '80s hairstyle. That like blowout. '80s hairstyle. That, like blowout. That big blowout. Yeah. That, it was such a fag '80s hairstyle yeah. too. Yeah. That kind of feathery. Oh, I. I. I love that soft moment of you and me, and then of course I love the soft moment of Crazy World, in which Victor comes out as Victor. Hi. Mm. Crazy. Crazy world, full of crazy contradictions, like a child. First you drive me wild, and then you win my heart with your wicked art. One minute tender, gentle. Then temperamental as a summer storm Just when I believe your heart's getting warmer You're cold and you're cruel And I, like a fool, try to cope Try to crazy world i mean i was also thinking like like i don't i haven't talked to many of my lesbian friends about if they've seen this movie but this is like some there's some like serious katie lang dyke energy happening in this movie too well you have no idea um i have been plowing katie lang recently plowing really yes like i'm so obsessed i can't wait to do an episode on katie lang 
um, she did a soundtrack to um, even Cowgirls Get the Blues, and I can't stop putting it on and just utterly rocking mm. out to it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Katie some... Lang is one of the only CDs I have in my car. <gasps> Shut up! We were just listening to Katie Lang on CD in a car. Yes, I, we have drag. Yeah, oh, okay. Yep, 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 yep. Billy's a huge Katie Lang fan. Yeah, everything. My everything. Yeah, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of this kind of androgyny. I can't say that I ever. I can't say as much as I love this film. I can't say that I ever believe that Julie Andrews is convincingly Victor. I think there might be something <laughs> that's a little sus- suspect, you know, in the Victor of it all. Mm-hmm. necessarily but I, I i do love the look and the androgyny that is being oh. presented in crazy world and by that point you you are i do kind of my chips are a little bit more in for it all for all the whole fantasy and wow i know and i don't want her to ever give it up i know right you want it to be able to keep going it's well, what is it i love the actual i love the actual art that she creates in crazy world. I mean, crazy world used to be one of the only songs I could play on the piano and I could sing it cause it was in this low register. And I love, love that song. It's really was one of my shower songs as a kid. It was like, that was really my torch song in the shower just again and again and again, this poor little fagola. I find it there to be like so many parallels to the ending of this. Cause like the whole thing is about like what you have to do to get ahead and, how hard it is for a woman to have success in anything, you know, it's very Miss Claus. It <laughs> is very Miss Claus. <laughs> Miss Santa Claus, in that they kind of go out and do their thing, but then kind of return. It's a very funny girl, you know, Barbara ends literally, mm. which is my one of my favorite shower songs. She ends up with my man in which she professes that no matter what her man does, she's coming back. But at least the ending of this truly kind of almost switches around to the another person's story and you almost can be tricked that this was toddy's also toddy's story too all mm-hmm. along and i found yeah. that to be very deeply moving yeah kind of his his uh redemption his march back into the spotlight um because toddy comes back out at the end to kind of what act like he's victor like be yeah. like surprised. And did you know this? So they come back and they um oh my gosh, we even talked about the shady dames of Seville. There was once a shady dame from Seville. Used to wander round the town dressed to kill. And men, if they dared, stood and stared when she passed their way. The lady knocked them out. There's no doubt, cause they shout. Olé! When she was out, traffic stood still. Dressed like a vamp, or a pamplona tramp, she could stampede the menfolk at will. Okay, so the Shady Dame of Seville is one of Victor's numbers in the nightclub and it's amazing. It's this very like Spanish Toreador number. And Julie is in this very, very beautifully cinched lace gown. And she sounds incredible on this song. The shady day. 
Julie Andrews is actually wearing the dress that was made for Robert Preston. She, they just mm-hmm. had it all pinned and cinched, which I'm obsessed with. And so that he actually wore the exact same thing, which I was like, that's actually super fabulous and really fun. So beautiful. And then he comes out and does a reprise of that in a kind of a horribly campy way, like a knowingly horribly campy way. The rest of the tale's not a pretty one. Pity one isn't for sale. Only two ears and a tail. Did they find the blind on her sill? No one knows what became. Right, like there's no way he can do what Victor does or Victor did. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is actually hilarious because it goes, it's like watching a song go so terribly wrong, but the person just enjoys every second of it. It's so funny. <laughs> is that it? my favorite we can't really play a clip from this because there's no singing but there's an amazing dance sequence in which people come out with presenting a front like drag queens come out presenting as um women and men and in the backs are wearing masks some of them are wearing mm-hmm. masks in the back and the front and it is it's giving me bet miller's going to the chapel yes mm-hmm. so i have like a very connection of watching this from the 80s uh kind of similar aesthetics very gender bendy kind of thing like performatively and being so i that's another one that i actually when i watched it, i was like oh i totally remember this just blowing my ever love in mind as a baby well, it's beautiful. Well, you also look that up too. Going back to uh, the conversation they have about gender in this movie, as a kid, it was so around this whole idea of this podcast too, like what's for the girls and what's for the boys, you know, mm-hmm. things that are for the girls. Like, and this movie kind of let me know that those things don't exist or those lines are fungible. Like, put the, drop that idea into my head that gender is bullshit or construct or whatever and that it's used to hold people back or hold people down or it's manipulated in certain ways and yeah I think like the whole idea of this podcast like must have started with me as a young kid watching Victor Victoria it's funny because drag has been an has been an an, uh, acceptable expression of performance since the beginning of time like we're very okay with watching that on stage like Victor was famous you know Victor's was a toast of Paris because of his uncanny ability possibly to impersonate and that was the attraction right but in real life it's just it's it's so it was so taboo it was so awful um, so yeah, and I know for me being a very feminine kid and really like loving to lap up on the makeup and the jewelry and the high heels watching this, I'm, I, I was like, gosh, give me this, give me this life. Give me this ability to oh. play around and be celebrated for it as opposed to just endlessly being ashamed. Julie Andrews acting in this movie is so simple and unfussy, you know? When I was like, I did my Oscar deep dive. Oh, speaking of my Oscar deep dive, the supporting actress Oscar this year actually belonged to our Glenn Close for World According to Garb. Oh, wow. Wow. This was a hot year. 
This was a hot, hot year, ass 82. fuck year. Damn, was really, this was really power. Some power hitters. It was also for the hymns of it all. It was Gandhi. So Ben Kingsley wins for Gandhi. Gandhi wins Best Picture, and E.T. was a Best Picture nom this year. Wow, too. wow. So yeah, it's a huge year in the cinema. <laughs> but I was just thinking about like I guess comparing with Meryl and what a kind of tour de force Sophie's choices and all of that. But Julie is so simple and honest and pure in this movie. And it's pretty it's pretty remarkable, especially in Crazy World. I just, I couldn't believe how little she does in it, you know? Well, I feel like in the beginning, and and, and, and because I, why I was blown away by her age is she's really able to, so Julie Andrews at this age, being one of the most acclaimed stars of her generation. Do you know what I mean? Did you, I just read this. Yeah. Did you know this? The Sound of Music with inflation is still considered the top, the third highest grossing film of all time. Blows my mind. Mm -hmm. So Julie Andrews has all this success. She's still able to keep a certain sense of naivete in in her ingenue performance, in her hope and Mm -hmm. yearning to survive and to become famous. Do you know what I mean? And... Mm-hmm. And then when she kind of gets it, is able to have this like certain kind of buddy comedy that is so light and frothy and fun. And again, she never judges Toddy. She loves Toddy. You know, like she's actually very comfortable in that. She's never like, ooh, what is this? You know, like, ooh, what is this world? Like, I, I feel like such an outcast. Right. In fact, like she gains a sense of freedom, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. so queer to me. Like it's not, it's the opposite of like being confused or challenged by it she actually feels liberated like you said she feels emancipated and and finds and finds family with him which is so beautiful i want to do one more bop from this movie and that is our queen leslie and warren my funniest line of the whole movie so victoria decides she's going to basically out herself as a woman to save James Garner's life from the mob who have come from Chicago to kill him. And Julie Andrews takes Leslie Ann Warren into this room, but kind of as Victor, very butchly. And Julie starts taking off her tie and walking towards Leslie Ann Warren. And Leslie Ann Warren is freaking out. What, what's going, what are you doing? Oh my God. Oh, what is happening? What are you? Oh, God. What is happening? Wait! <laughs> it's so good because Leslie Ann Warren is so horny in this movie. She's like, oh, well, if you're going to rape me, I'm at least going to enjoy it. <laughs> it's so crazy that character is so off the wall did we even talk about the chicago illinois of it all well i definitely i mean talk about spelling c-h-i-c-k is chic which is (laughs) a town so smart it's spelling starts with c-h-i-c chic i mean i don't even know playing it is literally this is probably i mean she is just so electric, crazy-eyed, just limbs flailing in this fluorescent pink with a little bow down by her, down by her bits, <laughs> like <laughs> negligee, negligee, outfit. getting like, oh gosh, it's unreal. 
about Chicago doing like which like singing about gangsters and doing the gun, like <laughs> some gum Panama I mean it is so stupid and exhilarating <laughs> and and a tour de force I I yeah I think this is my just be, because I, I forgot about it I wasn't expecting it this might be my favorite years later julie andrews brings this musical to broadway and rachel york plays leslie ann warren's part and does so much homage to leslie ann warren mm-hmm. in her version of it and growing up i had this album. i was okay that's my so question because I, I think i would mm-hmm. now i the other thing i remember is you getting this album and that was yes. before my little mind could break apart the idea of also like most of the musicals we know came from stage plays. So I think I was yes. very perplexed as to what was going <laughs> on with the limited song choices in the movie and the much more like, in fact, I, I was waiting to hear Victor Victoria being sung in the movie. I know, but that's just a song from the mm-hmm. musical, mm-hmm. but there's this amazing moment in Chicago, Illinois, the stage version you can watch the stage version of this musical in its entirety on YouTube. The Leslie Ann Warren character played by Rachel York does this thing at the end of the number of Chicago, Illinois, where she tries to imitate Julie's Le Jazz Hot <laughs> run up of uh, mm-hmm. the scale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, but she can't keep her breath. So she's like... <laughs> um we it's so good we always point you to some really like like the um when we did for the patreons the applause that we were watching was on was on mm-hmm. some pretty poor ass quality and a lot of times the stage musical is just unfortunately shot this is actually uh really crisp and clear and pretty enjoyable to watch so i would say like yes like this is yeah it's it's really cool i mean i don't like the stage musical as much as the movie and i was actually reading a uh the times review and they kept saying that 
because Blake Edwards also directed, you know, mm-hmm. adapted and directed this musical. And it's just, he never figures out a theatrical vocabulary like he has a cinematic vocabulary, which is true. It just kind of feels like the movie, but in just one big long shot. Yeah. So, yeah. But there are some cool additional songs, including the Leslie Ann Warren character has a song called Paris Makes Me Horny. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a really, really fun song. It's stupid. Uh, Julie Andrews is in, like we said, an absolutely fine, 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 gorgeous form. What I did not know is that this unfortunately would be the end of her singing career due to this performance. And so that was really devastating to be celebrating Victor Victoria, then also to know the tragic consequence of the, of what this musical wrought. Not, well, one of the things is she got, um, she was the only one nominated for this musical for a Tony and she boycotted it, sweeties. Whoa. She was pissed. She was pissed. She's like, nope, not going, not, which is, which is a really big thing. Um, Yeah. But then she also had to, I guess, have some kind of vocal surgery to get some nodes removed. Well, Julie says that there were no nodules that she just has, was having fatigue because of this show. Because it was very difficult to sing. And actually this doctor still is the big Broadway throat doctor he's madonna's doctor i've been sent to him before named dr kessler and he operated on her and she has never been able to sing again she sued him she got over 20 million dollars in the lawsuit against against this doctor man i can't even imagine what that is like to literally wake up without your superpower and like not get it you know what i mean like not get it back yeah. like not be able to remove the kryptonite from your room just to like regain your strength it's like it's gone. nightmare nightmare but horrifying but in the around that time i don't know or, or at least she she took a month off and who replaced her in the musical fucking liza may baby liza may Manelli. liza may steps into all like she did that with chicago like she mm-hmm. is constantly doing an iconic thing that's so under, um, under over, not even looked at that I'm like I'm dying to see. I'm like Liza. So Billy saw that. Billy saw Liza go on in Victor Victoria. Um, if you're if this is your first episode of For the Girls podcast, Billy's my partner. Gay, um, gay partner. Gay partner, and if you are new to the podcast and you've gotten this far in, go back and download every other episode and write us an iconic review. Thank you so much. Um, but he he said it was it was a struggle for Miss Liza to do this part, and it oh. didn't make a lot of sense. Oh, <laughs> okay. But I also would give anything to see her in a Victor wig. I mean, it might just be her hair oh, that she yeah. gelled back, but <laughs> giving like some. I bet her crazy boy world version was great. Oh yes. I bet we could. I, I'm almost like I bet she did a Crazy World uh, song. She may have done it in one of the concerts after that. I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember. At the end of the but, the Broadway thing, Julie Andrews does like a cre- like a, a very not the. It's not Crazy World. They added it for the stage production, but it's very much one of those like sing and be happy or like you know like the oh, ballad the, the end. The end ballad. Yeah, that that yeah. Victor comes out and sings. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it's, yeah, rough. it's kind of a flop. It's a little rough. <laughs> the song Victor Victoria is also a big flop. <laughs> it's rough too. Victoria, what a victor you are. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 
it, it's rough, but whatever. It's a fun time. It's a fun time. But you know what the end of this movie has that I wish every, every movie would do? What? Credits with pictures. Oh, I love that. I, lo- I would have been I love it so it and much. looking at it. I love it so much when they have like an ensemble and they celebrate the ensemble for like. Uh, it's one of my favorite things when a movie does it. The Princess Bride does it. Actually, Citizen Kane, which I watched the other night for the first time. Very hemmy movie. You watched it? it? I've never seen it. I did. Is it the greatest movie of all time? No. Oh. Um, but it's it's okay. And, uh, and then I watched Mank last night. Oh, you but, did? Um, Is Amanda mm-hmm. Seyfried going to win an award? Um, She's definitely going to be nominated. She's wonderful in it. She's really good in it. I'm not um, going to watch Mank. <laughs> I don't think you need to. Babe, I'm just not going to do <laughs> I was like planning on being like, hey, got, got another one of these Netflix man's movies that I'm choosing not to watch again. <laughs> Oh, I know. Gosh, they gave us Roma and then just followed that up with the hemmiest lineup ever. But what can you name? What's your number one movie that you wish had credits like? Oh, honey. Well, doesn't does Clue do that? Am I making that? Because I know the Clue does all the end, all the different endings. They have all the different endings of Clue. I don't know if it does it in its credits or not. You know what? I wish it really had credits like this. Hours. Yes, definitely the hours. I know that that's odd, but like they're so every like our like the reason why these credits work is because it needs to be an ensemble where even the smallest part is hilarious, virtuoso, virtuoso and iconic. And in yeah. the hours, that's one of the very few movies that anytime someone steps on this on on screen, you're like, boom, you know, Margot Martindale holding that kid back will never stop haunting me. I am her. <laughs> Give her a name. Well, you, you know what mine is? What, babe? First Wives Club. Yeah. For, it, oh, bitch. Yes. That is. Bitch, would that be amazing? Because that's the same thing. Everyone that yes. has a cameo. Maggie Smith, um, Maggie Stalker Smith, Channing, Philip Bosco, Stalker Channing, um, Bronson Pinchot. They all Sarah have Sarah Jessica Parker, yep. Elizabeth Berkley. Like they all have them. Elizabeth Berkley. Oh, all of them. Fucking Deborah Monk crying in the fucking lesbian bar. Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> so, one. That's such a good one. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I love credits like that. If you're currently making a movie and listening to this podcast, give us those credits. Give us some show photo everybody. credit. Photo, photo name credits, please. <sighs> I love that. It makes me so happy. You know, because it really makes you excited because it feels like you're celebrating the thing you just watched and you're celebrating the performances in a certain way. It's not just like boom, yeah. roll, you know, like roll tide. It's like... Here you go, like you just sat down to this event, and now you're gonna relive <laughs> these names and faces. One I more just time. can't, I just can't stop thinking of the hours version <laughs> of it, though, where it's like still that Philip Glass music <laughs> and they're showing like just tingling music. Jeff Daniels sitting down at the kitchen. Well, in my mind, with that, it would be kind of like the in, in more moratorium. Is that right? <laughs> at the end, where so it would kind of fade. The light would fade on the picture and then fade off the picture and then fade up on the Merrills and fade off. So that so it would be classy. It'd be classy kind of version of it. That's how you make a shit classy. I love that. Yeah. That's how you make it classic. Well, there's our Virgin Victoria episode, Battle Angels. Surprise. There you go. Go watch it. Go watch Victor Victoria. Enjoy it. It's a beautiful, lush, full, gorgeous, genteel film. 
Yeah, what is your favorite mu- movie musicals? Is there any ones that we should cover? We should ask. We should ask. Write us in. Bet. When you're yeah, writing write us in. Review. Write in about your favorite movie musicals. Yeah. As long as they don't star Gary Oldman, we'll cover them. Oh, okay. What stars Gary Oldman? <laughs> oh, Mink. Mank. Mank. Mink. Mink. Mink Shawl. Mink. Oh, uh, yeah. Pfft. Is he bad? <laughs> no, he's great. He's always great. But yeah, you know. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Um, write us an iconic review. We love it when you write us reviews. And come over and meet us on the Patreon, patreon.com, front slash for the girls podcast, where we do additional episodes and all of that. We love you. We love you, Battle Angels. Bye, baby. Take care of yourselves. Crazy world. Every day the same old roller coaster ride. But I've got my pride I won't give in Even though I know I'll never win Oh, how I love this Great.